Hello and welcome to season two of Inform's Meet Her podcast. My name is Terry Barclay, and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I am just so very excited that joining me today is Francoise Copron, Group President, North America for Valio. And I'm proud to say a former member of the Inforum Board of Directors. Welcome, Francoise, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. Glad to be here. Well, we have a lot of ground to cover, so let's jump right in. How do you define and communicate the differences between diversity, inclusion, and equity in your organization? So, Terry, I believe that in order to be successful um, in any human capital strategy, you really need to pay attention to these three elements. So, uh, starting with diversity, um, it's clearly a competitive advantage. Uh, I am personally convinced that diversity of background and diversity of opinion leads to more creative, uh, more performing teams, and ultimately to better decisions and better results. Mm. So at, at Value, we take um, quite a proactive approach to encourage diversity in all of its forms. Uh, inclusion, in my experience, um, it's necessary because it's not enough to recruit and promote diverse talent. You also need to create the proper environment where all the talent can really um, thrive. Mm. So I believe you need to create an environment where people feel welcome, they feel they can express themselves um, and they're comfortable so they can really contribute uh, with their best ideas and develop to their full potential. So equity, I think equity is a little bit more tricky uh, and you have to pay attention uh, to equity and equality because treating people exactly the same can lead to unequal results, if that makes sense. Oh, it um, absolutely does, <laughs> yes. So at Valio, we're committed to treating our team members fairly and addressing any uh, inequities. So you asked me in terms of communication. So I would say really from day one, when a new uh, employee is hired, and I tested this recently uh, with our new, newest member of the leadership team, uh, but we take time during their onboarding process to explain why diversity, equity, and inclusion are important. So we want all of our team members to know and to understand that they are a valued member of the team, that they are joining a company that embraces all forms of diversity, and that for us, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a competitive advantage. And we continue reinforcing these messages to our team members throughout the year, both in our internal communications and during our town hall meetings. Ah, what a wonderful and clear answer, Francoise. And knowing you and mm -hmm. other senior members of your team, 
um, I can I can see that you put that into action. So thank you for your leadership in that regard. And and you talked about this next question um, a little bit already, but you know, there's sort of the theory of diversity, inclusion, mm-hmm. and equity, and then there's the the day-to-day, the right? <laughs> so, so what can leaders do on a day-to-day basis to encourage and facilitate diversity, equity, and inclusion? So Terry, let me start by telling you what we are doing at Value, and then of course I'll expand as, as to what I think leaders can do. So, so recently as the Value North America leadership team uh, we decided to renew our pledge, like you renew your vows, you know, um, <laughs> to, <laughs> we made it something very, um, it, it, it had to be impactful. So it was renewing our pledge to our value values, but also clearly to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a call to action to all of our team members to lead by example like you said, it's not just about words, it has to be really in all of our behaviors from top down throughout the organization. And to speak up when our team members witness intolerance, injustice or unfair treatment. Mm. And we also took the opportunity to revamp and re-energize our diversity and inclusion councils. So we had one all along, but it seems like sometimes you need kind of a uh, vitamin infusion, and and we're really focusing our, our council um, on actions around matrix, training, recruitment and retention, community engagement, and communication. Now, you ask what leaders can do. So more broadly, um, I think we all need to continue to emphasize the business case. As I said earlier, for us, it's very clear that it's not just a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really something you, you have to do not only for corporate responsibility purposes, but it's a competitive advantage for each organization. Um, leaders need to raise awareness, lead by example, not only delegated to, to the HR department. You know, it's, it's not an right. HR topic. It's everyone's responsibility to understand their role in creating a more diverse and inclusive uh, culture. And it is a day-to-day work. It's not something you celebrate once a year. It's something you need to work on every day. You need to be intentional, set objectives, track the progress and make it part of your recognition and rewards program. And finally, I would say as leaders, um, we must look for all opportunities to, to give back Uh, to coach uh, future generation. I would say you need to start as early as possible. I don't think you can start too early uh, Hmm. with the objective of creating a pipeline uh, of diverse talent. Mm. What what a wonderful um, perspective. And I knowing Valio as I do and knowing you um, and your team as leaders, I know that that commitment on your part uh, to those leadership behaviors is authentic. And as you put it, put so well, Francoise, you can't, this isn't a one and done. Um, right. you, you really have to keep it front and center and, and continue to work on it. So 
so that kind of leads to the next question is how do you define success mm-hmm. and communicate what that looks like to your team? It's one thing to have goals, um, uh, but how, how do you create mm-hmm. that picture of what success looks like? Mm-hmm. So, so here I'll answer more broadly. Um, I think success is on two levels. Um, it's the individual and it's, it's the company. But I don't believe that you can have one without the other. Uh, if an individual doesn't feel like they're successful, uh, I believe their work will suffer and so will ultimately um, the company. Uh, and, and I believe, and, and that's something that drives me, but I believe that purpose is an essential part of success. So I don't wait for um, the annual appraisal to ask my team members what is important to them and how I can help for them to be successful uh, in the company. It's my job uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, they have the necessary tools and the necessary support uh, to reach those goals. And I expect the same from my teams with their own team members. Um, And of course, it's also my job to focus all of the team's efforts, right? All of this good, diverse energy Uh, Mm -hmm. to ensure that value is delivering on its promise to all of its stakeholders. So we have a visual um, in Value North America uh, to ensure that we share the same vision of success and it's our customer satisfaction flywheel. Uh, And it starts with having the right team. And of course, that's where uh, we have the diversity, equity and inclusion um, initiative because it starts with the people. Uh, And of course you need the other ingredients, including the right technology, the right processes and execution for customer satisfaction and ultimately profitable growth. So so if I could summarize for for Valio North America, what success looks like, I would say success is delighting our customers with our best products and solutions. And for that, you need the best people making mobility cleaner, safer, and smarter. That's kind of our our, our mission. Mm. And and an environment where all the team members thrive and contribute to their full potential. So for me, that's the success. And then profitability is just the result. I won't say just because I'm not sure my chairman and CEO will like that, but profitability is the result of the success. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's refreshing to hear about the importance of people uh, to those outcomes and, and the importance um, uh, of their satisfaction and how that then carries through to what the customer experiences. You know, we talk about that so much, but putting it into action is really, um, it takes a, a, an extra level of commitment, I think, uh, to go, go beyond the words. So one of the things I'm just really um, wanting to ask you Women have made slow, steady gains in achieving leadership positions, and you are certainly Mm -hmm. a beacon for many women who are looking at designing their careers and what they can achieve. But, But the gender gap, we know the gender gap still persists. Can you share an experience that illustrates how you've overcome the barriers that women so often face? Mm. 
there would be so many examples. <laughs> well, we've talked about this. So yes, there are a lot of examples. <laughs> but, but let me start by saying, uh, Terry, I really consider myself lucky um, because I've had very good mentors and sponsors uh, throughout my career. And, and maybe one thing I learned uh, early on is to think about myself in the workplace as my function, as opposed to my person, especially when dealing with difficult situations. So I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a, an example to illustrate this, but, um, and this, uh, this was uh, quite early in my career. Uh, as you know, I started working as a lawyer, a lawyer, I'm sorry, in the, a law firm in Montreal in the early 90s. Um, and one day I was quite young, you know, starting, I went to the lobby to greet uh, a customer and take him to the conference room for our meeting. And I could tell from his attitude and his body language that uh, he thought I was the assistant. Uh, and this was confirmed when uh, he was at a loss for words when I sat down across from him and started discussing the file. So, <laughs> So I guess at that time, um, instead of reacting, I could have been, you know, upset or uh, I could have been destabilized, uh, doubt myself. But for me, uh, what helped was to put my lawyer hat on or like I could do today, I would put my, you know, you put your function hat. And at the time, I just continued the meeting like if nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And I want to believe that he left uh, not only, uh, I hope, with the proper legal advice, but also with a lesson uh, about making assumptions about women in the workplace. <laughs> but that I'll never know. <laughs> so so how, did, how did you feel after that? I mean, well, so you, you kept your composure and... Right. You know, For you me, honestly, and it's happened to me many times because, as you know, I've lived abroad in different cultures and in some cultures it's even more difficult for for women in, in in the workplace for me it's almost like I feel sorry for them because they're the ones missing out so I don't I, I really um, don't let it affect me doing my job but of course as as, as a woman you know uh, I want things to to change so Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I think there's things that one can do, of course, ideally, and, and I hope one day um, we will have leveled the ground and, and eradicated <laughs> prejudice. But, mm -hmm. but in the meantime, uh, we need to work on what we control, right? And what we control is, 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 is ourselves, our attitude. So... I often ask myself, I'm gonna, am I gonna let the barrier stop me or am I gonna just take the challenge, rise above and move on? So sometimes I just plow on mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the way I've, I've, I've been doing it. But don't get me wrong, I think it's also very important um, for all of us to find the right company uh, with the right cultural fit um, a company that fits your own values, where you feel respected and where you can develop to your full potential, because uh, it, that's also important. You cannot just completely make abstraction of, of your environment. And I would say I've been lucky because uh, I've been at Value for 23 years now, uh, and I've never felt that there was a glass ceiling. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking to you uh, <laughs> today. <laughs> 
Ah, my, what, what a wonderful answer and uh, perspective. It's, I think a lot of women struggle with how to make that decision of Mm. how do I rise up? Should, should I continue to rise above and plow on? Or is it time to make a change? But as Mm -hmm. you pointed out, uh, diversity and inclusion is a competitive advantage. And so top talent really has a lot have have a lot of options right and so absolutely they can choose to go to companies um that do show that they value um the that diversity um so there's a growing uh consensus as you mentioned around Mm -hmm. the business case for workplace diversity sometimes i feel like we've been talking about the business case for workplace diversity Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. a couple of decades now. Um, But you've clearly moved to action. So, so what do you see as some of those key things that have really helped to diversify your organization? Right. So, so I would say I'm very proud of my team because I think it starts uh, at the top and you need to ensure that your leadership team um, is diverse. So, in my immediate team, uh, we're half women and six different uh, nationalities. So I would say great diversity, both from a gender and from a cultural standpoint. But again, it had to be intentional. Um, the, the other thing I would say is, um, as I mentioned earlier, I've had the chance of having strong sponsors and mentors throughout Uh, my career. So I feel like now it is my turn uh, to give back and provide the same support as a mentor and as a sponsor to others in the organization. And this is not not only women, I mean, men and and women. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I had the privilege, and and you know this, uh, about uh, 10 years ago to launch uh, our global gender diversity initiative, Value Women Connected. Yes, uh, and I'm very happy to see that today it's it's very autonomous. It's an active network, uh, so it's from bottoms up. It no longer <laughs> is top down. <laughs> Organizing events around the world for for women and men uh, because it's really uh, about gender diversity, and as you know, it's very important to associate men uh, to these uh, initiatives if you really want to achieve. Uh, an inclusive uh, workforce. Yes. Uh, but speaking of networks, um, I also believe they are just as important uh, outside of the office. Uh, I found that the connections you make through uh, your own network, but also through associations. And here, uh, Terry, I have to um, give you some kudos <laughs> because an association like Inforum, um, it's it's invaluable. You know, it's it's the it's really um, providing other connections, uh, a circle of people uh, that you can learn from and that you can lean on through challenging times. So um, again, I take the opportunity to to really thank you uh, and and inform for everything you do uh, to promote gender diversity because I, I see it from both perspectives. As a woman, I think it's it's a great opportunity for networking, but also as a company, uh, in order uh, with all the talent initiatives that that you provide. 
Uh, well, we certainly couldn't do anything that we do without partners like Valio and leadership like yours, uh, Francoise. One of the really, I, I love that you mentioned mentorship and sponsorship. Mm -hmm. You know, the research shows that sometimes, it, you know, well, you hate to generalize, but women can be over-mentored and under-sponsored. And um, interesting. how delightful that you are focusing on both. Uh, Absolutely. You need strong sponsors in the organization. That's my experience in order to um, really, um, you know, be noticed and, and, and help women uh, move from one level to the other. Mm. Um, they need strong sponsors in the organization. Yes. Well, the research backs you up 100%. So um, one more question in this section. Do you have a favorite quote that you'd like to share? I'm, I'm kind of a quote junkie. So I, I, I love this question. <laughs> Actually, I do. So it's from Maya Angelou. Uh, you've probably heard it before, but I really love this quote. People forget what you said. People forget what you did but people never forget how you made them feel. So I thought it was appropriate for this podcast in case, you know, you didn't like my answers. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just picked my favorite Maya Angelou quote because um, it's just so true. And mm -hmm. I, I think that um, it's important especially in stressful times for leaders to remember, uh, to remember that quote. It's Absolutely. very powerful, very powerful. So before you go, can you share with us a story about how you used, or maybe even a time when you wish you'd used mm -hmm. a key leadership competency and why that mattered? Mm. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to speak to you about empathy, and I have both the counterexample and the example, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to be humble. Uh, but I believe some people are born very empathetic, and um, it's certainly true for, for our daughter, Clara, that, that, you know, you know, some people are extremely empathetic. But I believe that empathy is also something that uh, you can develop and learn. Uh, especially as you go through some uh, life experiences. So I'm going to start with uh, the counter example. Okay. <laughs> it will get better. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's quite stereotypical. Uh, but I have to admit um, that um, before um, having Clara, uh, I was probably not the most empathetic boss in terms of um, flexibility and work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I even perceive some behaviors from uh, working parents as lack of organizational skills, when in fact, it was probably just, you know, <laughs> all the uh, unexpected day to day events of a working parent. So I would say in all humility, I probably became a better boss, <laughs> and frankly, a better person uh, after we had uh, our daughter. Oh. Uh, and then there was... <laughs> That's a the, wonderful, the, thank you, by the way, I just have to <laughs> interrupt you and say thank you. You know, I think we all know that truly, we learn 
from our mistakes more than we learn from our successes. <laughs> no, absolutely. Thank you and, for and being vulnerable enough to share that. No, so no, for sure. And, yeah. and, and again, until you don't live something, sometimes it's difficult to project yourself. So yes. um, I think it's important to recognize that. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, so, so I would say um, with the pandemic um, last year, uh, our first priority, of course, was and continues to be uh, to protect the health and safety of our team members, but also to ensure the continuity of our business. And as you know, Terry, um, the impacts on, on the automotive last year were quite um, difficult given the closure of our customers' um, production facilities, which resulted in the closure of our own uh, production facilities for two full months, right? Ah. So we had to make some really tough decisions regarding cutting costs. Um, and in order to avoid making deep cuts and uh, permanent um, decisions, and this is really for me a lessons learned from the crisis in 2008, 2009, I pushed for a more sharing the pain across the board. And we did take some measures that were difficult, but it affected all of us, you know? So it was not just, um, it, it was across the organization. So it, it was not easy, um, but I believe that um, although the idea was at the time um, sharing the pain to protect our team members and, and candidly their employment, in the end, it was also the right decision for the company uh, because as you know, the market picked up quickly in the third quarter and um, we had the resources in place ready to go, right? So mm -hmm. I would say in conclusion, I think that um, when you show empathy, mm -hmm. I want to believe that uh, you make the right decision and ultimately it's, it's a win-win. It's a more sustainable um, mm. approach, mm. a more sustainable approach. That is such a wonderful example, um, because I know everyone listening can relate, you know, have, have seen examples of both approaches. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what a wonderful example of empathy being, uh, having business consequences, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. as well as, of course, uh, personal and uh, ethical consequences. That's just uh, really a great example. Well, Francoise, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your hard-won experiences <laughs> and learnings. We really appreciate that. Thank you very much, Terry, and thank you again to you and Inforum. Well, that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to InforumMichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out season one, as well as Meet Him, a podcast series in which male leaders share what they've learned about the importance of diverse leadership. And don't forget to check out our growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and our calendar of virtual events. Thank you for joining us today.